Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors in over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. Vladimir Putin speaks for the first time since the minor rebellion over the weekend. British intelligence says Prigozhin's got about 8,000 Wagner Group forces in Ukraine and Russia. Speaker Kevin McCarthy considers an impeachment inquiry into Attorney General Merrick Garland. If it comes true what the IRS whistleblower is saying, we're going to start impeachment inquiries on the Attorney General. Corporate bankruptcies are surging. I think by next year, we'll, there's a high probability that we'll have a 5% default rate across the leverage loan index. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast. Your first look at today's top stories for Tuesday, June 27th. I'm Mike Scott. It's not over, or is it? Right now, it's unclear what sort of fallout will come from the Wagner Group's short-lived rebellion in Russia. However, for the first time since this weekend, both President Vladimir Putin and Wagner Group leader Yevgeny Prigozhin spoke about the events. Vladimir Putin described the uprising against him as a mutiny by people betraying their country, but he praised his own soldiers. On Friday, mercenary troops known as the Wagner Group, initially fighting for Russia, revolted, and their leader, Yevgeny Prigozhin, marched his troops within 120 miles of Moscow before both sides called a truce. President Biden says the U.S. and its NATO allies want to make it clear they had no role in the uprising. Under the truce agreement, Prigozhin agreed to leave Russia. He says in an audio message, that he never wanted to unseat Putin. What will happen to the fighters in the Wagner group? They're supposed to now join the formal Russian army or law enforcement. But Putin suggested tonight they could go join Prigozhin in Belarus. Speaking through an interpreter, Putin states that it was good that there was a peaceful resolution to the mutiny. But if there wasn't, he was prepared to put it down. Armed mutiny would have been destroyed in any case. The Russian president went on to praise his loyal troops. But we have to count on the fact that all our military service personnel have shown their loyalty. The Wagner Group leader also released a video on Monday saying he and his men were simply protesting. They never really wanted to overthrow the government. We marched in demonstration of a protest not to overturn the power in the country. For his part, President Biden wants to make it clear that the U.S. and its allies were not behind the mutiny, but the U.S. will keep an eye on any new developments. We're going to keep assessing the fallout of this weekend's events and the implications for Russia and Ukraine. But it's still too early to reach a definitive conclusion about where this is going. Former National Security Advisor John Bolton 
says that initial reports about the size of Prigozhin's troops were overstated. I think uh, any time the security of Russia's nuclear stockpile comes into question, it, it's worth being concerned about. And, and we don't know uh, so much about what's going on, as you said. We, we don't know what the long-term implications are. A lot of people have theories about it, but let's be clear, it's mostly speculation. I do think that in the case of Prigozhin, uh, that over the weekend we may have been overstating the threat. Just, just today and yesterday in the British press, for example, uh, they've revealed that, uh, at least reported, that British intelligence says Prigozhin's got about 8,000 Wagner Group forces in Ukraine and Russia, as distinguished from what Prigozhin has been saying, which is 25,000. That's a pretty big difference when you're talking about an attempted coup d'etat. Considering what implications the kerfuffle inside Russia may have on the battlefield in Ukraine, Bolton had this to say. It's probably best to say as little as possible and to do whatever it is we can do to help the Ukrainians on the battlefield. In fact, I think it, uh, the uncertainty, the confusion, the disarray in Russia over the past 48 hours, uh, the possible uh, movement of some Wagner troops out of uh, uh, the combat zone back into Russia itself, the uncertainty for the regular uh, infantry there, uh, provide opportunities for Ukraine. We, we don't know whether they'll be able to seize them or not, but when your soldiers and their commanders are distracted by this uh, political uh, uh, stuff going on in the rear, uh, it can have an effect on the front line too. So it's possible that, uh, that in fact, it, this will change things in Ukraine. That's going to be a big issue, obviously, for the Ukrainians, but I think for Putin as well. If he can forestall uh, further battlefield losses, that might help pop, prop up his popularity. The former national security advisor says that the U.S. should be cautious about the situation in Russia. I would have expected that a lot of it would have gone <clears throat> completely b below the public ra radar. Certainly concern about Russia's nuclear weapons isn't something you describe publicly. But I think also uh, to say that there's a contest for power in Russia, let's leave aside the question whether it was serious or not, uh, ha leads to the question, well, do you have a preference as between Prigozhin and Putin? My answer to that would be no at the first level. And second, uh, the outcome could be that it would be somebody other than Putin or Prigozhin if things really got serious. And that would cause us to address questions like what happens to the integrity of the, of the Russian Federation itself? Might it break up? Might you have such a weak successor government in Moscow that pieces in Asia start to split off or that China tries to help them split off? And I don't think we're ready for that. I don't think we've thought it through. I don't think we've debated it as a, as a country. So I think uh, a little prudence here at the beginning, and, and 48 hours is not a long time, uh, was well advised. If anything, I think I might have said even less today than, than the president did. The broader question is how or even if the strange moment could reverse Ukraine's fortunes as its counteroffensive has stalled. The Supreme Court is getting ready to decide some of its biggest cases of the term. We get more on what to expect from Daybreak Insider Ron DeRoxtra. The High Court has just 10 opinions left to release over the next week before justices begin their summer break. As is typical, the last opinions to be released cover some of the most contentious issues the courts wrestled with this term, 
including affirmative action, student loans, and gay rights. Ron DeRockstra reporting. Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors in over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors and over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy said he is considering launching an impeachment inquiry over Attorney General Merrick Garland's handling of the investigation into President Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden. It all comes in the wake of text messages that allege that then-Vice President Joe Biden was with his son as they demanded payment from a Chinese foreign national. Republican Senator Ted Cruz of Texas explains what he believes the text messages suggest. This WhatsApp is direct evidence of Joe Biden abusing his government power to enrich his son and assuming 10 percent for the big guy to enrich himself. Remember, this WhatsApp says we want to know this is not me, Hunter, just just sort of mooching off my dad. This WhatsApp directly ties Joe Biden to the millions of dollars coming from communist China. It is possible Hunter Biden was lying. It's possible Joe Biden wasn't next to him. It's possible Joe Biden was not going to inflict official damage on the Chinese if they didn't pay him and his son millions of dollars. That's possible. But you know what? We don't know if it's true or not. Why? Because according to the whistleblower, they didn't investigate and they were prohibited from investigating. On Sunday, McCarthy tweeted out that he wants the Trump-appointed U.S. attorney, David Weiss, to answer allegations being made by IRS whistleblowers. McCarthy wrote, quote, if the whistleblower's allegations are true, this will be a significant part of a larger impeachment inquiry into Merrick Garland's weaponization of the DOJ, end quote. Speaker McCarthy believes that what the House has uncovered so far shows that Hunter Biden has received preferential treatment. These are IRS long-term workers who've been through it and watched the abuse of power of how Hunter Biden was treated. I mean, they even waited to um, get the six-year statute of limitation off where they Burisma money he didn't get charged for, some of the highest prosecution. They want to have a special counsel, and now we're seeing that the DOJ, the um, 
Attorney General de declined that, even though he's saying something different. So we have requested by July 6th Weiss to come in to answer these questions because the IRS whistleblowers took copious notes during those meetings. While Biden has maintained that he knew very little of his son's business dealings, McCarthy says, in his opinion, that's not true. I wish none of this would ever happen or go forward with somebody in elected office. Right. But now we found the president has lied to us. He said they never dealt with anything in China. Now we, the whistleblower says that he was in a meeting with a Chinese company as the vice president. We now know that they got millions of dollars. It came through shell companies. The 1023 that was warned to the FBI, that was never given to the IRS whistleblowers that was investigating Hunter Biden. McCarthy believes that the House has evidence that there was some meddling in the investigation into Hunter Biden. The U.S. attorney slowed down the prosecution making that decision, so you had a six-year time frame where he should have been punished much more than another 400000 on the Porsche somebody else bought for him, that Burisma, where he literally says he only got that for political purposes. Well, he had that paid to somebody else, sent it to him as a loan. I mean, he did everything corrupt that trying to get around paying right. taxes. The House Speaker confirms that an impeachment inquiry of Merrick Garland is on the table. Yesterday, I laid out very, very clearly by July 6th, because of the allegations from the IRS, right. because of the whistleblowers and the DOJ, our, our Garland, what he is saying and what David Weiss are saying privately are two different things. Right. And if it comes true what the IRS whistleblower is saying, we're going to start impeachment inquiries on the attorney general. Looking ahead, McCarthy says that House Republicans will simply follow the money. It's more than looking fishing. He, the family created companies when he was a VP. You, you get 1023 saying people had to pay them to get influence. We now see foreign governments have paid. If, if you created a company, why wouldn't you have an office? Why don't you create something? Why do you get paid by shell companies and forward it to other shell companies then to go down to pay family members that never work into it? None of it smells right. None of it is right. They talk about the big guy, but I believe firmly we have to have a constitutional reason of where we go, and we want to follow the facts wherever it takes us. Hunter Biden has agreed to plead guilty to misdemeanors for failing to pay federal income tax in 2017 and 2018. Under the deal, he would also enter into a pretrial diversion agreement to avoid prosecution on a felony gun charge, potentially ending the DOJ's years-long probe of his conduct. The Biden administration is pledging high-speed Internet access to every household by 2030. Daybreak Insider's White House correspondent Greg Clugston has the very latest from Capitol Hill. Vowing not to leave anyone behind, the president announced more than $40 billion would be distributed across the country to deliver high-speed Internet in places where there's either no service or service is too slow. For today's economy to work for everyone, Internet access is just as important as electricity was or water or other basic services. He said thanks to the infrastructure law, more than 35,000 projects are already funded or underway to lay cable that provides Internet access. Greg Clugston. The White House. Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. 
With world-class professors in over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors and over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. financial experts are warning that with the Fed suggesting that they will continue to raise rates in order to combat stubborn inflation, the rate of corporate bankruptcy will climb. So far this year, there have been 41 defaults in the U.S. and one in Canada, which may not seem like much at first blush, but it's the most in any region globally and more than double the same period in 2022. Jay Singh is with the Special Situations Research Newsletter and believes his research is showing that bankruptcies are climbing in the United States. We do think that the rest of uh, the U.S. economy, there are some trends that are being ignored. Number one, um, the number of bankruptcies, companies with $100 of debt, uh, or more, the number of Chapter 11 bankruptcy filings is actually the highest since April of 2020. Um, and actually, probably by next month, we will be at the highest number of bankruptcy filings on a monthly basis since 2010. And I don't think that mainstream media is actually focused on this information. And then number two, I think the consumer is also very stressed. I think that the number of individual bankruptcies and you know, rent deferrals and evictions is probably going to increase after moratoriums have now lapsed. And we're, we're likely going to see unemployment levels climb. And in you know, the record, you know, three, four trillion of savings uh, is now, you know, that we had during COVID and the seven and a half trillion of wealth creation in the real estate market and the one and a half trillion of wealth created in 401ks, um, you know, is probably going to be challenged if we enter a recession the second half of the year, um, along with the fact that People are going to have to pay their student loans for the first time in three years, starting on October 1st. Despite what many experts in the mainstream media suggest, Singh believes things are not looking so great economically. You can see that credit card borrowing levels have risen. If you need to get a car loan at a dealer, it's going to cost you 13% if you don't have a perfect credit score. There are a lot of leading indicators in diffusion indices, PMIs, that you can look at to see that things are not great and the global economy is slowing down. Um, and even China, what was with, that was supposed to have a recovery, is now rumored to be planning a stimulus because their May economic data was far below expectations and actually was, was a negative on a month-over-month basis since April. Singh goes on to explain why he believes we'll see many more companies file for bankruptcy through the rest of this year and into next. The data that we're looking at, you know, is tradable credit. So private credit, leveraged loans is a $1.4 trillion industry. And, you know, middle market loans and, you know, companies with, you know, $100 million outstanding of debt, those bankruptcies we think are going to climb through next year um, 
And I think by next year, we'll, there's a high probability that we'll have a 5% default rate across the leverage loan index, specifically because um, of the fact that one, during COVID, you had the Federal Reserve come in with stimulus right away. So companies that had to file never filed. And you know those what I call zombie businesses that just added on debt. You look at the cruise lines, I'm not saying the cruise lines are at risk, but it's just an example because they're publicly traded. And the airlines, they all tripled their debt levels, right? And with interest rates higher, as those companies have to refinance, it'll be more difficult for them to operate their businesses. In fact, Singh says that one well-known company has just filed for bankruptcy. By 2024, companies preparing to refinance their debt, they all plan a year in advance because these are not easy refinancing uh, conversations. You know, companies that were borrowing at three, four, five, six percent that are now that are now going to borrow at 10 to 13 percent, you know, may not make it. And so they may have to restructure or file for bankruptcy. Um, and it's going to be as soon as 2024. I think 2024 is going to be one of the biggest years for brands filing for bankruptcy that you that you probably know that we've seen in a long time. In fact, there was one just yesterday, Pyrex, the instant the instant pot company, which if you're a cook, you're probably familiar with, um, just just filed bankruptcy. Moody's expects the global default rate to rise to 4.6% by the end of the year. That rate is projected to rise to 5% by April 2024. Here's another reason to hang on to your wallet. Cash-strapped states collecting less revenue from their gasoline tax are investigating many other ways to fund road improvements. Daybreak Insider's Rich Thomason has more on this developing story. Motor fuel taxes are generating less each year because of inflation, better fuel efficiency, and the rise of electric cars. One popular proposal is to charge drivers by the mile instead of the gallon. But eight years after Oregon began a voluntary pilot program, it's still having trouble getting many people to sign on. Other ideas are to tax electricity from public vehicle charging stations or tax charges onto door-to-door package deliveries. Rich Thomason reporting. The next big advance in cancer treatment could be a vaccine. We get more on the medical front from our Daybreak Insider and Donahue. These shots are designed to shrink tumors and stop cancer from coming back. Dr. Nora Desis at the University of Washington Medicine's Cancer Vaccine Institute says the vaccines boost the immune system to find and kill cancer cells. They're super well tolerated. They're not chemotherapy. Um, And patients do very well. You can get a short course of vaccines and they last a lifetime. Todd Piper near Seattle is testing a vaccine intended to shrink lung cancer tumors. Bottom line is I have nothing to lose and and everything to gain. Besides lung cancer, vaccine tests are underway in early and advanced breast cancer and ovarian cancer. I'm Ed Donahue. And finally, who doesn't love a catnap? Well, according to a new study, Adults have an excuse to rest their eyes in the afternoon. Research now suggests that short daytime naps could slow the rate in which the brain shrinks with age. Siestas could be good for our brains. That's right. So as our 
um, our follicles tend to harden, our brains, brains tend to shrink as we age. But a new study published in the journal Sleep Health finds napping may slow that process. Researchers at University College London looked at data on people ages 40 to 69 and found that those who were genetically programmed to nap had larger total brain volumes, a marker of good brain health and lower risk of dementia and other diseases. In fact, the difference in brain volume between the habitual nappers and the non-habitual nappers was equivalent to two and a half to six and a half years of aging. Wow. So sleep experts say studies like these demonstrate the health benefits of napping, that these studies can really reduce the stigma that people often have around daytime napping. The stigma is that you're lazy, right? I'm guilty of this. Yeah. I saw my husband napping the other day. I was like, get oh, up and do something. Yeah. You don't nap? I do occasionally. I could, be, I could be asleep in five minutes in this chair with these <laughs> lights on and everybody around. The study was conducted by researchers at the University College London who took data from 35,000 people aged 40 to 60. Dr. Victoria Garfield of the University of London says the study suggests that everyone can potentially experience some benefit from napping. However, their research was inconclusive as to what duration of a nap would be most beneficial, but believe that 30 minutes is best. Meanwhile, some took to Twitter to point out the Bible has already suggested that naps were helpful. Pointing to Mark 4.38, where Jesus was sleeping on a boat during a raging storm. The Twitter users say, Jesus took naps. Be like Jesus. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at SRNNews.com and TownHall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott. Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on local now, channel 525.